You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network. Tune in weekly to the Josh Adams Podcast with comedian Josh Adams for all his takes on what happened this week featuring guests in comedy, music, entertainment, and more. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Josh Adams Podcast to hear the jokes and thoughts of Josh Adams. Follow Josh Adams on Instagram. We've got tacos. We've got titties. And and we've we've got got the sauce sauce you want. Tune in to talk about Creep Mouth. The legend of Creep Mouth. The brotherhood of Cunnilingus experts. Mm. Okay. Mouth, fire, motherfucking mouth. (laughs) Andy Rocky Goon Jesus. We're not going to include what old right here. No, you're not going to include uh, Iraqi Goon Jesus. Oh, Iraqi. I forgot Iraqi about Goon him. Jesus. So like, <laughs> and Zodiac Zombie. Listen to the Titties and Tacos podcast, dropping flash fried episodes every Taco Tuesday on the Detroit is Different podcast network after dark. Searching for Claire Huxtable is a podcast that is about dating black women from a black man's perspective with Maceo and Way. Listen in for topics like marriage, dating with kids, sex toys, and of course, side chicks. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Searching for Claire Huxville podcast and don't miss listening. Hey, it's Steph and T, and we're the, the Critical, Critical Crew. Crew. Join us on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, After Dark where we talk about all the crazy stuff that happens at work. Make sure you tune in to the Guess What Happened at Work Today podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Tune in every week for our new episodes where we let our hair down and loosen our ties on the Detroit is Different podcast network after dark. Back in full effect, the Detroit is Different podcast studios. Kari here and also holding it down with Uncle P and Sabrina. So, you know, that means fuck what you heard the podcast. We talking about the independent music journey of what you need to know. And today is a very special, special episode. We talking about what services you should be paying for. What services should I be paying for, specifically for different people involved in this industry? We're always talking artists first, or I'm always thinking artists first, but you need all of these resources if you're going to do business. So, opening up, Uncle P, how you feeling? I'm all right, bro. What about yourself? Oh, man. Everything is everything. Sabrina, how you feeling? Doing great. Thank you. And I'm going to kick it to you. It's always like I, I'm always kicking everything to Sabrina first. Ladies first. Like, no. Ladies yeah. first. The queen. You don't always have to put me on the spot first, though. No, exactly. we, we, you handle <laughs> right, well, it so well. Okay, well, I'm under, this, under this, we will kick it to Uncle P first. <laughs> oh, damn. Services I should be paying for. What services should I be paying for? We talking artists. And then we'll, I guess, go through this uh, the backwards way after we go artists. We'll go to uh, a person having a label and everything like that. But what should I be paying for if I'm an artist? Oh, man. You know, let, let, let's let start at the foundation, man. Pay for your studio time. Number one. <laughs> and pay for your tracks. Yes. <laughs> what if like what if like, what if what if my homeboy do do stuff for free? He my homeboy. Well then your homeboy technically owns your shit. Mm. Yep. Mm. The masters. Hmm. When you running around here wanting everything for free, realize that these people that are putting in the work for you 
own it until you take it out of their hands through some exchange of paperwork, of exchange of cash. Hmm. You can't do too much, especially in the publishing game. If you don't have the paperwork, the ownership to your material, you are lost. Your money will just sit out there. And that's a big problem that I see with these independent artists. Grab and stuff. I, I, I get people to call me all the time. Man, I got this beat off YouTube. First red flag. Right. And I'm trying to upload it and I can't. And I got flagged. And it's like, did you buy the beat and get your paperwork? No, I just ripped it off YouTube. You got to own your stuff. That's where it all starts out. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. Studio. Paying for studio time. Sabrina's laughing. I'm laughing. Uh, how much should I be paying for studio time? What does studio time cost? Uh, how do I make a selection of the studio to go to? Inform me. We back to that levels. Yeah. So Sabrina works out of major uh, recording complexes and stuff. I don't even know if the places that you be working out of even sell time to the public, do they? No. Okay. They don't, but <clears throat> I've had to book time in other cities right. for the people that I've worked with. And, you know, that could run from like 50 an hour, 80 an hour. Yeah. Um, and up. Yeah. I would say guaranteed getting a good sound. And that's even hard because you have to do the research in the studio that you're going to get familiar with what type of sound is coming out of that studio so you can see if they can replicate the sound that you're wanting for your music. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I've seen, like, I can't lie, when I had my studio, I put out stellar recordings, mm -hmm. and we was only charging 25 30 an hour. But you were also there for the independent. The Brick was a home for... Independent. For indies. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? So... Even though you had to pay your electricity, your insurance, and all that kind of stuff, and probably took, you know, a L at times, maybe, depending on how often people booked out. But you were always priced accordingly to help people. Right. Whereas right. you could have with what you offered, the engineers who were available, including yourself, you know, and the, the setup was amazing. You could have really charged way more than yeah that's a whole nother story because i got out of the dang recording business just because day day down the street with his little ipad is recording people on this stuff now so that's another story but right. anywhere i'd say the disc right now mm -hmm. um i think overnight it's like 35 40 an hour it is um Quality studio, quality production. They got great engineers. And, I mean, you can go on up. I now, think Studio A, rest in peace. 60. They were between 60 and 80. Yeah, an 60 hour. and 80. Um, but it's all about how you use the time. Don't go in the studio to practice. No. You know, when you're spending that money, practice at home. When you go in that studio, Be go lay your stuff handle your business, get in and out. It can be as expensive or as cheap as your preparation. Right. Okay. And I like everything you said. Uh, as somebody that's run studios and everything before, I would think that you can you can pay probably between 25 and 30 uh, on, on the low end. 
if a person is probably charging you $15 an hour, they're probably getting their chops ready. If you know a little bit about recording yourself and you've worked in studios before, you may be able to work with like a novice with studio recording and get some good sound out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, also, you need to be willing to pay for an engineer that you want to work with. Because right. I really do think that studios have vibes. And when I say the studios have vibes, everything there, the, the couch that you're sitting in, uh, the the people that are there. The lighting. The lighting, what they allow. If you're a smoker, if you want to smoke, if you drink. There's certain studios that don't allow any any alcohol or drugs on premises uh, be for, for reasoning like the, the hanging out. And then there's other studios that love you know, random people showing up and people hanging out. Like, so you have to know what you are getting when you go into the studio. And then also being an artist that has recorded myself and I can record myself, it's a different feel you get with an engineer. So if I work with an engineer now and I'm paying, I really want their ear. So that's what you're paying for. And knowing that you're paying and you're being serious, even paying 80 or $50 an hour, it's an investment worth making. If you're getting a good ear and you're going to complete some good work. If you're paying that much an hour, the aesthetics of the studio need to be nice. And I will say this is when you maximize what you're doing in there. That's when you bring your film crew Content. in there, mm -hmm. have them document the process. You know, if you're spending that kind of money, get every inch out of the facility that you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, But you're really paying for the ear. You're paying for the ear of that engineer. And knowing a good engineer is really knowing the sound that they are used to crafting and knowing how they can capture that sound. As some of the best engineers I know, it's not really the equipment they have as much as the skill sets they have in crafting sound itself. They understand the process. Yep. Yep. And you said paying for beats. Uh, I'm, I'm going to kick this to Sabrina a little bit, as you definitely know some producers and how producer world can go. Paying for beats or paying for music. We call beats. We, we call music beats in hip-hop. Right, right, but, right. You know, music itself. Paying for production. Mm -hmm. How do you go about paying for production? Well, number one, there are so many great producers on the scene. A lot of scenes. Um, indie scenes, you know, that they've got Fruity Loops at home. <laughs> they've got Pro Tools now. You know, they're doing their thing. And they're out, and they're always trying to give that person that's on the come up a beat tape or a, uh, not a tape um, or CD, uh, MP3, USB. Uh, USB look at uh, me. I'm trying yeah, to show you. Y'all yeah. can't see my hands right now, but a USB full of beats um, in hopes that you're going to hear something that you like and want to, you know, want to rhyme to. At the end of the day, nothing that they provide you is for free. And even if they're willing to collaborate with you to say, hey, you jump on this, it's a it's a win-win. You see, here's something you like. It'll benefit me. Let's work together. Let's get it out. Make sure you get this release in writing that you have the rights to this record and then what you can do afterward, whether you can put it out and you guys split sales, making sure that this um, this producer also gets their producer rights and royalties and that kind of stuff. Please just do not get beats, record them and put them out because you will more than likely, if the producer is smart, get a cease, was a cease and desist. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I'm working with a couple artists right now who <laughs> doing major things internationally, 
and got these beats and recorded them and they're all on radio and they got it popping real good. And then this independent artist who just said, hey, would you like to hear my beats? Got him an attorney and put it out there. So no radio station right now. Everybody had to hand, had to just come off even video. So uh, a lot of times, you know, they'll know what they want uh, to get for a beat. You know, if you want it exclusively or whatever. Um, if it's not, uh, you know, kind of like a little partnership collaboration. And that could vary. I mean, some of the producers that that I've worked with, you know, their beats can start on the low for like 15 grand and up. Um, but, um, a lot of them, a lot of the indies will probably start at like, I've seen some great ones go for like 500, um, 1500, Mm -hmm. 2,500 for indie that actually I was working with that got a song placed on music soul child who was like, look, I know you can pay more, but I'm willing to take this just because you're on it. And I know that me and my team can take this and run. So it really depends. And along with that, from the artist's perspective, another thing that's a big red flag, you should get something known as the stems. You need your whole beat yes. tracked out. And it, in today's day and era, a lot of people go on SoundCloud, find producers, rip it, rip it from YouTube or whatever. And it's like, it's my beat now. But not only you as a rapper can do that. It's a lot of producers that did not make the music that are mm-hmm. taking music from other people. And you're like, man, this guy just has all types of styles. And all <laughs> right, you got is an right. MP3 of the music. And you're like, okay, I'm going to fit my rhymes in this without right. the stems. And uh, you're doing two tracks, which is poor quality recording. Yeah. it's It can pass in a, you know, in kind of a little a promo. Yeah, a promo sense. But that's not what you would want uh, to officially put out. Yeah, you want everything tracked out. Uh, you want to be able to drop different music in different times. You want to be able to, as they say, uh, back in the day, have like the TV track. Basically, have something of a performance track to perform your music to. And then when we get into who owns the beats, even if the producer sampled or took any samples or sampled any instruments to be to be used in the music, I mean, today's era, you can run into a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Of, of dark water depending upon the heights of where you see your music going you know and i definitely take a sample but i see where my music going but nothing's worse than being in a place where you know a sabrina walks up to you like wow this is a perfect song and i have a commercial campaign with this company ready to use it so do you have the information Kari? and then i respond like well you know i use the sample in the middle of that so maybe i can get somebody to replay it and then sabrina all Sabrina hears at that point is like, next person up. Right. right. You're not ready. I'm not ready. Next person up. If you have everything ready from the beginning in the get-go, now you can talk to anyone about whatever needs to happen. Uh, I'm forgetting the young lady's name, but uh, an MC from here. And she did a whole campaign with the NFL Network for their like 100 best players or whatever. And, you know, just from having her music ready, having all of the boxes checked, she had her paperwork right, but the executive that was looking was considering like four different artists from Detroit. Only one of them had it ready. She was the one that got the publishing deal. So things like that happen all the time. And if you really own the rights to your music, there you go. You win it. And this kind of goes even into the studio you go to too. You got to watch these engineers is, you know, some of these engineers will be in crews and your beat will be on the next guy's song. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's true. 
you know, uh, can you speak a little bit about other ways that a person can detect whether this is music that that producer really did make or did they take it from somebody else? Because producers are always approached by people. I mean, really, the only way you can definitely guarantee that is if you're able to get the stems. Right. Like the producer, whoever made that song is going to have the tracks. But I have to say, but because you have a lot of producers that are really hustlers and they only sell two track beats. You know, I've had situations where we had someone interested in a track and I go back to the producer and he tells me, I don't have it. I can't recreate this. Mm. And that's a that's a red flag, as we would say. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to pass on the beat as much as you love it. If yeah. you can't own it, if you can't, nope. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, damn, you got to be up there watching them, you know? <laughs> I mean, technology done, done yeah. threw everything out the window, bro. It, it's wild, wild west out here. And, and the risk you run, and Sabrina can talk a little bit more about this, what about that risk? If you buy a beat from somebody, but it's really not their beat, what risk are you running? Oh, you can get slapped with a lawsuit <laughs> on the on a on the high end. Um, uh, people saying run that for any money that you made, you know, um, off of a beat that you know what I mean that someone else produced that you released. I mean, legally, you're really getting into some some trouble there. Now, I have seen that happen before, not with anybody that I've worked with, because of course, you know, I was on a team, so we, you know, we had our stuff tight. Uh-huh. But um, but no, they were just overall professionals anyway. But uh, for the most part, uh, there were some people. There are some people out here who just had no idea mm-hmm. that they were being Joe and and Snow. And a lot of these times, a lot of times, it's by people that you know and you trust that yeah. they mean, you know. And so the opposite party, who's like, no, this is my artist B. Here, I can prove it to you. They kind of understood and said, well, hey. X this person out. Let's work together. Let's get this right. There, okay. there. It, it doesn't always have to get nasty. Now, prayerfully, that beat hasn't been placed with somebody else who's put money on it or who's already recorded. That's when it's kind of like, okay, you gotta, you, you can't have it. Okay. Now I kick this question to you. We talked about music studio. What else should I be playing for? What other services should I be paying for? Um. Well, we talked about studio. One of the key things that I would say too. Just staying there, a good master, just having your record mastered. That, that doesn't cost a whole lot to have your record mastered either. If you're planning on releasing it officially, if it's promo, a really you can have a convincing mix on it. But don't 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 skip out on having a quality master. Okay, and I'm let not me, a uh, fan of having the mixing engineer do the mastering no. too. And let me let me let me talk a little bit about that too, uh, so people know. As, you know, a graduate from recording school, (laughs) a mix gives things clarity. Like I I would look at like a mix still has character. A mix will add effects, uh, sound. a, A person adding a mix is really giving character to the music itself. So. Uh, when I think of a good person to mix music, you're thinking of, you know, adding the 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 you know, the echoes to Vincent Price's voice in the middle, in the beginning of Thriller. So it right. sounds scarier. That's, right. that's the mix. When we think of the master, that's a person bringing the sound 
to the utmost quality of whatever uh, that medium of recording yeah. it is. So, so now, like in the master, I'm making it radio sufficient or internet radio sufficient or vinyl sufficient. Especially if you want to do a vinyl, it's a special master you have to do. If it's the mastering process, is way more about making sure sonically you're within a range. I think mixing is still, the creativity is still very much so in interpretation and mixing. So, especially with me, I'm big on like my mixes, I want to fit the mode of the song. I'm not necessarily uh, looking like, okay, every song I need to do ad-libs like this. Every song I need to have this type of effect. Every song I need to basically use this type of delay. I want my mix to have character. And that's what you should be looking for when you think about a mixing engineer and a mastering engineer. You should be looking to bring the best of that sound quality to life. Right. Indeed. Yep. So within paying for master mix, we're talking all the actual music stuff. What else? What else should a person be paying for? I would say when we're taking it now out of out of the studio and things like that. And you're looking at things that are in your mix that you really need to have because you're ready to now put stuff out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You want to invest in quality graphics and photography. Okay. Which Vision. I know those are two, yeah, your visuals, so your... When you say graphics, you mean like a, a logo or you mean... Yeah, what, whatever that, that imaging that's going to help tell your story graphically you don't want to cut corners with that. Now, of course, there are a lot of, of um, templates and stuff, free services like Canva is a place that a lot of people go for graphics that have set uh, templates um, that you can kind of just freak out and have something quality. But even with that, you know, you just kind of want to make sure your, your, your stuff is crispy because this is you. So when you say crispy, do you think that having graphics and photography that matches you as an artist matters more or it just being good and clean? Because I've seen a lot of artists that like, you know, the, the gangster rapper that has the headshot, you know, the eight and a half by 11. And I think to myself, okay, it's interesting. Well, no, yeah, it needs to fit, but see, there's different things for different outlets. Right. Mm -hmm. But the headshots now are not like they used to be back then. It's uh -huh. like a lifestyle shot. Okay. That tells the story. Well, talk a little bit about what a lifestyle shot is. Well, it's kind of like when you when you're taking and you're seeing photography that speaks to you. It's not you just sitting behind a cheesy white background with a, you know, your neck and head showing. It's kind of like you in your element. You know, your styling, your um everything, it just fits the mode for you as an artist, but it 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 ties in also with your sound, the project. It just makes sense. And I, I want to say this just as I've been featured in uh, publications and everything. And having that and being ready helps. Like even when Metro Times featured me twice, both times the photographer from Metro Times was scheduled to do a shoot with me. But something happened where they couldn't come make the shoot. And they were like, do you have some photos? Yeah. And thank God I didn't have Polaroids on deck. You know right. what I'm saying? Because right. if I was looking at like, you know, the CVS development, they'd be like, what in the fuck is this? Right, right. You know, and, and I would assume that your photography and the photos that you submitted were, again, print ready. 
Mm-hmm. That could they were high quality, mm-hmm. 300 DPI, the whole nine, understand all that stuff. And it translated well, I'm sure, to the readership, to your sound, to you as an artist. All of that goes into a photograph, a photograph. It does. And even as a person doing shows, sometimes when I look and do shows, when I've done them with different artists, it's like, let me get a picture. And if the best picture you have is that selfie you took and everybody else has something that's very professional, you're going to look like, eh, this is the lame-ass rapper. Right. And a lot of people don't know, you know, what to do, but I would say pay attention to the professionals. You know, right now, like P said one uh, a couple sessions ago, once you put your music out there, welcome to the big leagues. You're now competing with the best of them. But I would say you think you're one of the best too. Otherwise, you wouldn't have put it out. So pay attention and get cues from what, you know, other people are doing and doing well. And then just kind of, you know, pull together your plan. So I wouldn't skim skim on that. I know that there's a lot of really great um, people that are out here dibbling and dabbling in photography and videography, that kind of stuff. Again, key things that you need um, that um, are willing to work with artists and producers, writers, whomever in the art, in the field, um, on a collaboration basis. You know what I mean? So the DIY artist can definitely get great things done, but you just kind of look for those people that are willing to shoot and may say, hey, we could use your, I could use shots for my uh, portfolio. You need shots, less work. But at the end of the day, you still got to have rights. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to make sure you have the rights to reproduce, duplicate, use those photos. You want to make sure that you're giving them photography credit whenever they're used, posted or whatever. It's just good business. There are but, contracts for that too. Yeah, there are contracts for that. It's kind of, yeah. And at the end of the day, if you're paying, you know, uh, again, a beginner who does great work, has a great portfolio that you feel fits you, some of them will charge like 250 300 to do a nice set. Um, and then others, and it all depends, it may just be one location, one outfit, but you're going to work it, Right. But a lot of people, um, I've seen the the average start, um, you know, a decent photographer at 500. Yeah. Yep. And so, it goes up. All right. P, something else. We talk visuals. We talk studio. What's something else you should be thinking about paying for? Um, something else that you should be paying for. Uh, this is where you come into management and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You know, and management is supposed to be on the team. Um, But you have situations like people like me. I'm an entertainment consultant. So we don't get tied into being in no long-term contract, but you can still use the mind and experience that someone like myself has, um, has accumulated over the years. You'll find a lot of um, professionals would rather do consulted work instead of, you know, getting into that contract in the beginning, in the beginning. So it's just the services, you know, until you can't get someone to come and join your team, you need to to pay for the information, research for the information. Could the consultant help with 
those services you just talked about with the videography, the photography, the graphic design, the studio. The- exactly. See, this is where you have a consultant like myself who has a degree in music entertainment management. So I understand the total gambit of the music industry and how each of the different aspects of it work together. So someone like myself, you come to me, depending on what you have, I do a checklist. And whatever we don't have on that checklist, I have professionals that you can contact on your own. You can see what type of stuff they do, but I can direct you to the professionals that you need to get the stuff done. So like you just said, yeah, a great consultant works around the board and and they, they know people in different areas to be able to get whatever it is that you need to get done. And I agree with you. I I really think that to work with a consultant well, uh, being that I do some business consulting in other facets, just in marketing work, uh, you you should really, as an artist, because it's a it's a very close, intimate relationship, as Sabrina said before about your manager. So you should really open up and say, "All right, this is my budget. I got fifteen hundred dollars. Of this fifteen hundred dollars, I like these things accomplished." Yep, and the consultant will know how to take that budget and say, okay, with that, I can accomplish this, this, and this. I'm not going to be able to pull off all the rest of that. Right. But you said something real key, um, which is the B word that scares people off, and that's budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we talked about what you should pay for. Um, and, yeah, you get out there and you start figuring out what the prices of some of these are, but come up with a budget. Yeah. You know, and then just like you said, that's when you approach people, I got this. Mm-hmm. I would like to get this done, you know? And then that's when somebody's uh, uh fifteen hundred ain't will get you two of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanna cut down on something over here, we could go over here, but this is what you'll be losing by cut cutting down. So it, it, it's always a give and take, man, but you, you're exactly right on that. I'd like to chime in on this as well. Before you even reach out to a consultant, if you come across people that are consultants, you've got some names, do your research before contacting them. Mm-hmm. Um, find out who they've worked with, what they've done, or who they may have consulted with. Um, I would e- even so much as to do little um, get referrals from said people to talk to clients that they've worked with because sadly, and and there are some of these people that I consider a friend. Um, so I'm not gonna throw names out, but there are people out in the, in the field, in the market, not just in Metro Detroit, but they work everywhere who are quote unquote consultants. And you can be as transparent to say, Hey, I understand you've done this. This is what I have to work with. A lot of times, some people will not be as professional and not as honest and they will <laughs> take your money. Oh yeah. You know, well, so you got to kind of know um, ahead of time what the, you know, the average cost of certain things are to know, to have a, at least a general idea of how far your dollars can stretch. And, and let me say this too, uh, in, in defense of some of those that have and, some of those and no defense and offense to those that do exploit people. This industry as an artist, what I found and I've paid for a lot of services where I felt people have dropped the ball. Um, yep. 
I and sometimes they have dropped the ball and then sometimes it just didn't work. Those are two different things. So when you pay for a consultant or any service, what you really need to do is you need to sit down and game plan what you're paying for. Mm -hmm. But even when I when people pay me for my marketing services, I say you're paying for the strategy and I'm going to execute it. You're not paying for the results because the results are to be determined. I can get you on a stage opening up for I don't know. I mean, shit. I mean, I can get you on the stage at South by Southwest opening for, you know, one of the bigger artists. That doesn't necessarily mean that Travis Scott's fans now are going to become MC Finkel's fans. Right. Because it's all within the strategy. It could be all within timing. And I mean, just sometimes even the best strategies don't work. I mean, that's true to even when you hire out uh, what they call pluggers or promoters for playlists Mm. or radio or even mixtape or mix mix show DJs or publicists. Yeah. You know, you can't, they can't, no one can guarantee um, that someone is going to like something or gravitate to you or whatever. But if they put in the work, they put in the time, they've, you know, there's only so many favors you can pull. And at the end of the day, if the music is just uh, to that person, you know, obviously most people are not, hopefully wouldn't take on a project they didn't believe in. But some people just really need money and they're like, yeah. hey, somebody's going to like boo-boo in them. So give me this money and let me see what I can do. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you can't guarantee those things. And that is where people like myself who has dibbled and dabbled in publicity and stuff, you just kind of want to put put your head through a wall sometimes because certain people or sometimes people just don't understand. It's not a guarantee, but I put in the time. And putting in that time and it's not a guarantee, that's where working the plan and getting people to buy into the strategy is very important. Yep. Details, 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 details. If they're not willing to sit down and talk about the details and you're paying for their services, then you need to walk the fuck away exactly. from the table because you need to know what was exhausted. And on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. I've also seen people that are energized and work so much better when they believe in the music too. So this is kind of like from the artist's point of view and perspective. And I've seen even people believe more in my product. I've seen people volunteer and do more than people that I've paid to do stuff just because they believe in the music or they believe in the song or they like where I'm going with stuff. Mm -hmm. They had a good experience at one of my shows. So I I do believe it's a certain amount of buy-in that the person working with you should have in your music if you're paying for their service. Yeah, and you should be able to feel that because there are a lot of people that will verbally tell you, oh, I love it, I love it, even though on the back of their mind they may not be feeling it. Mm-hmm. But if you're really in tune to the person, you'll feel the level of excitement. Mm-hmm. They'll also throw back other ideas and we can do this or this will be yeah. great and you know really come to you and make you yeah. feel like you're really hiring an expert in this area it's a passion industry yeah yeah, yeah and, exactly and it's hard to fake real passion mm-hmm. about stuff yeah it, i like that it is a passion industry here's another trick that i've done before and it wasn't even by it, it happened the first time by just circumstance and then the next time i'm like i'm gonna do this again and i've told other people to try this too uh be willing to travel to other cities, especially New York and LA and Atlanta and go to some of those studios too and pay more money because also your money can give you legs where you can get in rooms with other people. I've seen that happen too. Meaning, you know, uh, a studio is, is a good place where I've met people like, uh, when last time I was in New York and I was one time I went 
And that I just so happened to be working with a producer that worked out of Quad. And then the next time I went, he was like, come on, let's record in Quad Studios. So it's like, I'm in one studio, and then Mike Geronimo's in the next one, and Ghostface Killer's in the other one, and then they walk past, and it's like, what up, what up, what up? You know what I'm saying? And you dapping people up. And now I'm working with some, not necessarily them, as much as some of the producers that work under them. Like, your music can have, money can be legs and provide access, because contrary to popular belief, it's not a lot of money in the industry. So if you do have money to invest, it can give you access that you probably don't think is possible in the music industry. I found that. Always. There are so many different things and so many different ways to skin cats. Like... And I think that's the thing that people should always keep first and foremost, especially with the way things are now. Gatekeepers can only keep you away from so much. Like the sky is the limit, really. But you said a key word, strategy. It's really strategy research and and just kind of knowing the movers and shakers and and your base. Uh, One thing I'd like to chime in that I think is very important, especially as you start getting money, and stuff like that. And you want to set yourself up the right way. Let's go here. You need to set your business up the right way. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, just it for state of Michigan. And I know we're, you know, people listening to this, you're probably, you know, it's international. But state of Michigan, it's only $50. I don't care who told you what. It's not $500. A lot of y'all getting taken out here by these folks. $50 to set up your LLC with the state of Michigan. Yeah. And, you know, stay current with it. Uh, that'll, that'll be uh, dependent upon the structure, 25 to $50 a year annually along with that. Um, that can definitely help. And then you set up your, your bank account too. Yeah. Uh, you pay people through businesses instead of paying people personally. You do not want to be personally liable for these different things yep. as You don't know who you're doing business with, as I've been shocked out my mind sometimes to find out the the legal ties and family members of some of the grimiest rappers if things go awry. Right. I mean, but at the end of the day, you're you're doing this because you expect that you're going to be a success. So when those checks start coming in for you or cash under the table or however it comes, you want to, to be able to do things right. You want to actually take a little time, you know, as a sidebar to understand, you know, taxes and understand what your write-offs are. And every time you, you know, buy clothing or pay for that photographer or pay for anything that is supporting your business, those are things that should flow through your business. Um, and those are things that you can get uh, write-offs for as well because it's a part of business. So definitely take the time to invest just that little bit of money then a little bit of time into setting yourself up properly. As a legal entity. Yes. Most definitely. So with that, we're wrapping up. Uh, remember, at Detroit is different, but uh, please share. How do people get in contact with you two? Uh, me? I'm, yeah, I'm still Belizean girl out there. B-E-L-I-Z-E-A-N-G-Y-R-L uh, on Instagram and all that. You can find me on Facebook, Uncle P313. Instagram at Detroit Rap and Twitter at Detroit Rap. And holla at me at the website, DetroitRap.com. We get it in. All right. Peace be. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.
You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network.